listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. I told him I was going to turn it off on him, so he didn't have it. But I swore I wouldn't. Okay. Let's see. I almost fell. Hey, guys. That was a lot. Let's go. Okay. Uh, y'all ready? Y'all ready to go? I won't. I'm sorry. It wasn't too much. Yeah, it was too much. Okay. So, hey guys. Um, I'm just going to jump straight in. But for the past few weeks, we've been trying to paint this picture of what the Bible is like all about, right? This is what we're doing for the first four weeks is just trying to tell y'all what the story of the Bible is and just telling it through the scriptures. And we really haven't gotten far at all. Like, I don't know about y'all. If you like actually looked at the scriptures we've looked at, it's just the first three pages. Um, that's all we've done, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, but we started with creation. Um, God created everything. He created birds and the like weird lizards that Florida has everywhere. Um, they don't have those in Tennessee where I'm from, so it's just really weird seeing them everywhere. Um, but God created them, right? And He created man and woman in His image. Um, it's, we're like the only part of creation that reflects a triune God. That's what AJ said um, during his creation talk that's different than any other religion um, that offers, is that we're designed by God. He knows us, um, and he created us to reflect himself. Right? We saw how good life was with God. It was very good. Right? The blueprint of creation, the perfect reality, was set in the beginning, the first two pages, pages one and two. Then page three comes, right, and Adam and Eve mess up big time. Um, God's, like, prized creation, mankind is betraying him. And we see the devil tempting them and them, like, falling away from God. They doubted God. They turned away from the good of creation for an apple. Yeah. Would you turn away from everything that's awesome for an apple? I wouldn't. Um, I don't think apples are that amazing. But um, it was really then testing and trying to answer the question that the devil was posing to them. Did God really say you couldn't eat that? He's just like withholding from you goodness. Um, and that's not true, right? God's actually trying to protect us. Um, he's actually offering the best we could ever have. Um, and they turned away from that. And now that's like all we do, right? We've fallen away. Romans 3.23 says, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ultimate beauty and ultimate betrayal all in the first three pages. 
But AJ asked us last week this question, would a good God let his creation and let the people made in his image be poisoned and die forever? That was a pretty like big question. Poisoned and die forever. I mean, the situation seems like pretty hopeless, like completely hopeless, right? Adam and Eve are ejected from the garden by this like cherubim. It's like a heavenly being. Um, that's like guarding the garden with a flaming sword, right? It's like literally on fire. That's terrifying. There's no hope in that. Um, and have you ever gone through something where you felt like completely hopeless? Like just like completely hopeless, where you couldn't see a way out. And I've had moments like this, and I instantly feel myself trying to find a way out of it, trying to fix it, trying to resolve it. But what about when we like literally can't? Like there's no resolving it. We have no way out. Um, and I bet Adam and Eve were feeling that way. And this is the state of our souls apart from God intervening. Right? We're dead. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, the spirit that is now at the work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Right? Those are some big words. It's basically saying we suck and we're following Satan, all of us. That's what the Bible says we're doing apart from God. So we're following Satan. Um, and Satanism basically says, like, you're following after yourself. So if you're worshiping Satan, you're worshiping yourself. Um, you're trying to follow after what will gratify you the most. And that's what it says in the scripture, apart from God. And God's word says we're dead in our sin. Like, we literally can't do anything to help ourselves because we're not breathing. Right? Isn't that crazy? Like, your soul, like, is, like, not happening. Um, this hopeless feeling in our sin can't be resolved by us, no matter how hard we try to be good and do the right thing, how much we try to clean ourselves up before God, because we're dead, we're at the bottom of the ocean. And I mentioned hope when, like, how I act in a hopeless situation. I try to find, like, every way out of it, try to find a solution, try to fix the problem. Um, and I didn't grow up in church. I think I've told y'all that before, but my parents, like, never, like, push a religion on me or, like, try to form anything. Um, and I, like, kind of just went through life feeling lost and, like, I didn't have a purpose. Like, it was cool. I got to do whatever I wanted. My parents didn't care. Um, but it felt really lonely. And I remember just sneaking out with my friends and, like, searching for happiness in, like, all these different places. And it just all felt so fake. Like, everything I was doing just delivered empty promises of joy and fulfillment. Like, what everyone in the world is like, yeah, that's what's gonna get you through, is like, was killing me. And it wasn't fun. Um, and then I went to church around y'all's age, uh, like my junior year of high school, and I like, didn't really care. I was just here. I like, made fun of everyone that like, worshiped to the songs. I thought it was so stupid. Um, but I, I went, and I just came, and it just started to be what I did, because all my friends were there. And it was just weird, but it like, I started to build my whole identity around it, um, which is like, I wasn't having like the best time. You know, it was like, oh, I'm hanging out with friends and we're laughing a lot, but I wasn't like singing along or really paying attention when the person's talking. Um, but I went all the time and I went every week and I went on all the trips and I hung out with all the Christian people and I was a church girl. I was like, yeah, I'm a church girl. And that's what my friends were known as, we were the church girls. Um, but I still felt hopeless. 
Like, I was trying so hard. I was doing all the right things that everyone said. Um, but the fact is, I don't have the power to raise myself from the dead. Right? I said we're all dead. And I don't have the power to raise myself. I don't know if you all have the power um, to raise yourself from the dead. I don't think you do. Because there's just one person that does. Because um, he rose himself, right, in the spirit. And I was trusting myself to do that, and I couldn't do it. And just a side thing, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Survivor. Um, does anyone like Survivor? Like me? Y'all, does anyone like not know what Survivor is? Like anything about it? Okay, you're getting a lesson today. Okay? It has been on for like 20 years. I mean, it's literally had 42 seasons. Okay? Hey, let's stop doing the lighter. 42 seasons. And you can watch them all on Hulu. So please start watching. Um, Survivor is awesome. But basically they take like 20 people to an island and they compete in challenges to win immunity, to be safe from elimination, okay? They compete to like get pillows because they're sleeping with crabs, amongst the crabs. And they compete for huge meals. They do this like outback like meal that they compete for. And I like know everyone's like coming out of both ends later because you haven't eaten at all, like obviously. But the whole show, is about surviving elimination and being the last one on the island, the sole survivor. Right, like what a hype name. If you're the sole survivor, Stephanie, that's insane. But the only person to succeed is the sole survivor and they get a million dollars. And that's awesome. It's iconic, I love it. It's so thrilling. And one of the main things that makes it so freaking awesome is the fact that every single week, I never know who's gonna go home. Because people are like constantly going back and forth, you don't know. Um, they're stabbing each other in the back, they're lying, and they're fighting to stay in the game. It's awesome. And there's these things called hidden immunity idols, and they change the game forever. Um, basically, if you find a hidden immunity idol, you can use it at tribal, where they eliminate someone to like either save yourself or you can save someone else. Um, but what makes it exciting is if you try, like, you don't, don't tell anybody, and then like everyone's against you and they vote you out, but then you're like, bam. I have my hidden immunity idol, and you're sick for the week. And it's awesome, and there's like so many blind sides. It's so fun. Uh, but then there are these like really cruel players who will make fake hidden immunity idols. They'll like take their old idols and like make them look like real ones, and they'll hide them, and then they'll watch people find them, right? They're like, oh, look at them, they found my fake one. Like imagine, you haven't eaten a lot. Like you're getting like one scoop of rice a day. You're on an island, you have the chance to win a million dollars, and you know you're going home this week. And then you find one of these little idols, Julia. You find one, and you would like pee your pants. I would. I would like freak out. I like don't know how I'd hide it. Like, oh, I got one. But then you go to tribal, and you play your idol. And the host guy, his name's Jeff. You bring it up to him. He's like, this is not a hidden beauty idol. That's how he says it. This is not a hidden beauty idol. And you look like an idiot, one. That's terrible. But then like it sets in like, you're for sure a goner. Like, there's no hope you're going home. Right? I love Survivor. Um, and that's the story. But I feel like this is how it is with me and God. That's crazy. But there's no hope of being reconciled at that point. We're dead and our sin tragic. And that was me. I was living with this fake idol. Right? I was going to church all the time. I was living with this fake badge of Christianity I built up for myself. It was an image I was, like, showing off to everyone. But if I would have stood before God, he wouldn't have known me. That's what he would have said. I mean, Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Right? I would have said, Lord, Lord, did I not go to like every youth group in your name? Did I not like go to all the camps in your name? Did I not like invite my friends to them too, like in your name? And he would have said, depart from me, I never knew you. Because the state of the world from the fall, we are dead, completely hopeless in our sins. And I was dead in my sin. I didn't have a like genuine heart change from God that was happening from God. I was trying to force it upon him. Um, and apart from Christ, you're dead in your sin, right? We're broken in every form of relationship with yourself, with God, with others, even with creation. And your sin condemns you. It, like, requires a price. Um, but the question is, is it possible for you to be redeemed, right? Is it possible for you to be redeemed? And we've seen page one to three. And next week, we're going to look at page 1,338 in my Bible. We'll, like probably just be there. Um, but what about the other like thousand something pages? Like that's a big jump. Uh, what is God doing here? What is the story to be told in the midst of our separation from God? And the main point of the story is that God is redeeming us to himself. All right, we see a story of a God who can't resist his people, a God who's just over sin, so he's gonna, he's gonna go after his sin, right? He's just over it, but a God who is loving and is gentle and lowly at heart who desires his people to know him. All through the Old Testament, we read about a God who doesn't give up on his people. They, like, turn away consistently, guys, like, nonstop. They're making fake idols that look like cows. And he continually is with them, and he's gracious to them. He's just, right? He's punishing them for those things, but he's loving. He's not leaving them. And in Ephesians 2, we read some of my favorite words um, in the Bible, and these just really impacted me. Yeah, they're awesome. I love these verses. But I'm going to read them. It's Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I've already read through 3, but I'm going to read it again. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind of our nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, it's not about like keeping the law or following the Bible perfectly, because we can't, right? I, I literally can't at all. I know you all can't. Uh, but knowing the one who did it perfectly and kept it perfectly on our behalf. See, after the Old Testament, we get to Matthew 1. Right, that's the beginning of the New Testament where Jesus enters the scene. He was born, 100% man, 100% God, becoming flesh. He lived the perfect life. He never sinned. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5 that our, for our sake, like for our good, for our redemption, he who knew no sin, he like never sinned, became sin, so that in him, 
in his perfect record, we might find righteousness. We might become the righteousness of God. And it's the greatest exchange and the most like beautiful solution to our hopeless state. Right? The fact that God would like literally take on all of our sin, past, present, future, and give us his righteousness and his perfect record. Um, that's the best solution we could ever ask for. And it shows the loving and just God of the Bible that is laid out throughout the scriptures. AJ asked us last week, and he repeat the question, would a good God let his creation and let the people made in his image be poisoned and die forever? Surely not, right? In his justice, God took out the full wrath of sin on Jesus on the cross because he made him sin for us, right? He became sin for us. And I like to visualize, like, physically, like, if Jesus is sin, that died on the cross, like, the power of sin died on the cross for you. Um, and when he was raised from the dead, like, he trumped that, right? He overcame it, and when you put your faith in him, um, you can have his perfect record. Um, and he raises us up, um, just as the passage says. Um, and God is redeeming us to himself, and this whole passage shows God stepping in first. Um, I don't know about y'all, if y'all, like, ever have to, like, really initiate to a friend, and it, like, sucks. I have friends like that where if I, like, never reached out to them, I would never speak to them. Um, and that's how we kind of are about sometimes. I am terrible at praying. I never think about it. Um, the only reason I probably pray is because I work in a church, and I'm so bad at it. Um, but to know that Christ is constantly praying for me right now, and he's praying for all of y'all right now, is so great um, that he's just the one that is the perfect initiator. Um, I'm just so thankful for that. And I wish I knew this when I was y'all's age. I wish I knew it when I was trying so hard and wondering why I wasn't hearing back from God or why I didn't feel anything or just kept working and working to build up this identity of the Christian girl. Um, but God was with me and he was guiding me and I like really believe he's with y'all um, and wanting to transform your life. And I like was just fighting for that myself um, and wasn't letting God in. Uh, I wasn't accepting him. And I didn't come to Christ until I was in college. Um, and God met me and transformed my life. And I didn't have to live this like facade of being good enough. Um, but God initiated with me. He entered in. He made me alive with Christ. He saved me and raised me up just like he does with y'all. And life like hasn't been easy since then. You know, it's like not all like butterflies and rainbows. Um, it's been a struggle, like actually grasping the reality of my sin, because I sin a lot, and part of me feels like I'm sinning more, but I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just recognizing, like, the weight of my sin and, like, actually seeing it in the face of a perfect God. Um, but also, it's been so freeing to retell myself the gospel um, every day, that Jesus finds so much joy in me coming to him to help for my sin than me trying to do it myself. And he finds more joy in, like, my redemption than I could ever find joy in it. Like, he's so like excited when his people come to him. And even in the midst of my worst sin and my worst shame, and y'all's worst sin and your worst shame, Christ draws near unto us. He draws near to me, he draws near to you, and he doesn't shy away. And God's offering himself to you fully. Like he's open for the taking. He offers complete redemption from the fallen state AJ told us about. Um, and have, have you received this? Like have you felt the love of a father, the one like, that's woven through the story of the Bible. Like, this story of redemption is woven through the whole thing. Um, and he's just offering himself to you. Um, so I would just challenge y'all to come to him. Like, he's never going to shy away from you. Like, 
if you feel like you're just trash. Like, he's not going to shy away. You're exactly who he came for. Um, and he will lean in, and he's going to embrace you. And I thank God, the one who identifies us and who created us, called me his. Um, I'm so thankful that he called me his, and he brought me to himself in the midst of my mess. And like, I know and I believe that he's bringing all to himself. And we're dead in our sin, right? That's what we said, but God offers redemption in Christ. He is the solution. And so if he's redeeming us back to this, like, original blueprint of creation, what was good in the beginning, what we talked about the first week, this is where we're going to, like, finish our little series next week. What does it look like when God restores us back to the original blueprint of creation? Like, in redemption, we get four tastes of heaven. We get to, like, experience peace and joy um, now here. Christ said the kingdom of God is here now, and we can experience pieces of it. But next week, we'll hear from Mikey. Um, he's coming back for one week with high school. Let's go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and what we're going to see what it looks like for God to make all things new. But I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll go into some small groups for a little bit. Okay. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for your son. I thank you that he's the best solution we could ever be offered um, for our hopeless state. God, I thank you um, for raising me from the dead. I thank you for raising... Um, these students from the dead, I pray that um, if people don't know you, that you would change their hearts, that you would take their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh, and you would remove the veil from their eyes. Um, God, we thank you just um, that you experience so much joy in um, your children coming to you, and God, I pray that we can just spend this time together and um, coming to you and lifting you up. It's your name I pray, amen. Awesome. Y'all know where your small groups are. Thank you, Thanks, Paul.